Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Santa H., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, July 10th, 2017. Today we're reading from the big book, and we are on page 65. The last paragraph begins with, we went back through our lives. Today's readers are The Twelve Steps, Joanne L., The Twelve Traditions, Kathy F., and reading the literature today are Craig F., Allison L., and Lisa B. The share ID for Sunday, July 9th, 2017, our special edition meeting is one zero. One three three one zero one three three. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contribution, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Joanne L. to please read the 12 steps. Good morning, Santa. Good morning, everyone. Joanne L. Recovered in Rhode Island. The 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends 
to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us in the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. I pass, and thanks for letting me do service. And thank you, Joanne L. Good morning. I will, now ask, oh. I will now ask Kathy F. to read the 12 traditions. Hi, Kathy F., compulsive overeater in Massachusetts. Thank you, Santa, for your service. 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. The only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions, Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever nonprofessional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. And thank you, Kathy F. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year. 
and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 65, that very last paragraph that begins with, we went through, we went back through our lives. And we will be reading two paragraphs this morning ending, and with us, to drink is to die. Comments will be on both paragraphs. I will now ask Craig F. to begin reading. Good morning, this is Craig F. Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, can I be heard? Yes, you can. Okay, great. Good morning, everybody. We went back through our lives. Nothing counted but thoroughness and honesty. When we were finished, we considered it carefully. The first thing apparent was that this world and its people were often quite wrong. To conclude that others were wrong was as far as most of us ever got. The usual outcome was that people continued to wrong us, and we stayed sore. Sometimes it was remorse that we were sore at ourselves. Oh, sometimes it was remorse, and then we were sore at ourselves. But the more we fought and tried to have our own way, the worse matters got. As in war, the victor only seemed to win. Our moments of triumph were short-lived. It is plain that a life which includes deep resentment leads only to futility and unhappiness. To the precise extent that we permit these do we squander the hours that might have been worthwhile. But with the alcoholic, whose hope is the maintenance and growth of a spiritual experience, this business of resentment is infinitely grave. We found that it is fatal. For when harboring such feelings, we shut ourselves off from the sunlight of the spirit. The insanity of alcohol returns, and we drink again. And with us, to drink is to die. Rich stuff. I, I don't have a timer, so somebody will have to time me. Um, went back and nothing counted but thoroughness and honesty. I'll start right there. Um, thoroughness and honesty uh, includes uh, doing this step while abstinent, while sober, that... Uh, um, it includes um, uh, uh, the idea of surrender, that we have to do this step uh, completely. I, I've tried to do it and withhold things. Uh, I've tried to do it and uh, uh, just get rid of the things I thought were big or that were bothering me or that might be in the way. Uh, thoroughness and honesty. It has to be, be like half-ass sweeping a floor. You know, you, All you're doing is stirring up the dust sometimes. Um the uh other thing I wanna well, another thing I wanna point out is um there this is the only time that I see Bill qualify this word resentment and it took me a it took me a while to understand what he was doing and 
It's plain that a life which includes deep resentment leads only to futility and happiness. And, uh, you know, I usually get to say, uh, you know, that it isn't qualified, that resentments of any kind, even little resentments, um, are a problem. But I think he's mean, I think that's the highlight here. Um, it, it, it's plain that a life that includes deep resentment, but then, but I think it's not so plain that a life that includes resentment at all um, uh, leads to futility and unhappiness. And I think that's the, the point that that he was trying to make is that uh, that it may be plain that the deep resentments are going to throw us over, but it also needs to be seen that the light resentments, the small resentments, will will overthrow us and that will and shut us off from the sunlight of the spirit and 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 we'll drink again and to drink is to die we'll eat again and to eat is to die and it's a, to die a death to this life as well as a life to come i uh, uh, uh still have an uh, an initial reaction that says that i can uh, uh hold on to righteous resentments you know um, my God, I was wrong. Can't you see I was wrong? Uh, you know, and I'll tell you the story so that uh, you can see that I'm right to be resentful of, of what happened. Um, I, I had an example come up in my life just this weekend where um, I, when I was in the hospital, somebody was very kind to me and came and they, and they cleaned my house and, uh, they, they, I know they did it in the best of intentions. And uh, when they cleaned my house, they threw away a stack of papers. Uh, I, I think uh, the only way I know that it got thrown away, that included um, my uh, income tax information and five thousand dollars worth of checks. And uh, you know, see, and I can tell that story like that, and and say, you know, you're, uh, you know, I'm, I, I would be right to be resentful about that and and I I was upset and you know like Seinfeld I was waiting on that person to to remind okay uh, I'm going to finish this story thank you um to to make an amends to me but there was no amends needed from them they were here on the best of intentions the amends that needed to be made was by me because of the of the fact that I hadn't been grateful for their service and cleaning my house and because it was a it was a it was an innocent mistake on their part and and so I did I made the amends and you know it's like a burden lifted and and it went it went really well and 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 you know I can't afford to harbor things like that I have to choose today between resentment and life and I have to choose today uh, between uh, thank you I have to choose today between being right. And, and being at peace. And, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you very much. Hey, thank you, Craig. Yeah. And who would like to comment for approximately three minutes on what was read? Janet Larry. from Good. Boston. Melissa. I, Larry I didn't K. get any names. Katie G. from mm-hmm. Boston. Okay, I heard Katie. Katie. Janice M. I heard Kim G. Larry Larry K. P. Janice M. Reva P. Janice M. I have Janice M. Okay. And I have Reva P. Larry. Larry K. Shannon F. And Shannon F. And we'll stop right there. 
for this go around. This is who I have. Katie G, Kim G, Janice M, Reva P, Larry F, and Shannon F. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, Santa. Thank you for your service. May I be heard? Yes, you can. Good morning, everyone. This is Katie G, Recovered Compulsive Overeater, Anorexic and Bulimic, calling in from Boston. Starting my timer, so so many of my teachers are going to teach us, and I'm just going to focus on that, this second paragraph. Um, so what are these words? So deep resentment, like, so it's not the food, right, guys? Food is not my problem. The, this personality that I have is my problem. So what is anger, um, you know, self-righteousness lead to, futility or uselessness and unhappiness. And then, you know, I've been that person squandering the hours, which is spending foolishly, wasting my time. You guys did me wrong. And what they're saying, guys, is we don't have that luxury, right? Like the, in, the business of anger is infinitely grave. It is going to cause me great harm or danger. It is going to be fatal, guys, fatal death. Because when I harbor, or if you think of a boat, right, in a harbor, I'm protecting those feelings. I'm saying, you know what, I get it. I'm not supposed to be right, but that woman, she came after me. My neighbor came after me. She got in my face, and I didn't instigate her, okay? But if KDG, if you, if you harbor that, you're going to get shut off from God, and what's going to happen is eating is going to be a step up, right, because I'm going to be so angry, and all I'm focusing on is the anger, and, um, and then the thought comes, the food's going to fix it, and I'm not connected to God. So eating is a step up. This is how I go into relapse. This is how I pick up the food each and every time. I go insane, deranged state of mind. These are not light words. And with me, to eat is to die. And today, as a recovered woman, what, that can be very challenging for me. You know, there, you guys, guess what? There are people out there that aren't in 12-step or don't need it or act kind of crazy. You know, there are people who do things that are not right. And I may not have a role in doing things. I may just get caught up in their bad day. But unlike my husband, right, who can be mad and then move on, once I start thinking, she's doing this, she's doing that, she's doing this, she's doing I don't have that right. But wait, because here's the news. I don't get to wish it or will it away. I have to stay entirely abstinent and learn how to do this process of uncovering, discovering, and discarding my responsibility. So that person might have done me wrong, but you know what I'm doing? I am punishing them in my head. I am seething. And you know what that's going to do? It's going to kill me. So if you're sitting there thinking you can wish it or will it away, and I'll just close with this, Santa, we can't. We have to learn. So stay focused. Stay tuned. We're going to learn to see what our responsibility is and to have, have a spiritual awakening so we're connected to God. So we eat. So we, excuse me. Sorry. So we don't eat no matter what. And we live in a freed state of mind and body. And Thank you, Katie T. And next we have is Kim G. Good morning. Good, good morning, Santa. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. So when we were finished, when we're finished these first three columns, we considered it carefully. The first thing apparent was that this world and its people were often quite wrong. 
to conclude that others were wrong were as far as most of us got. So this is a warning. You know, I think back to page 25 when it, told, when it talks about that we've had a deep and effective spiritual experience. And for someone like me that was in and out of Overeaters Anonymous for 17 years, and I had some deep spiritual experiences, but I continued to relapse. So what I was doing wasn't effective. So what I'd like to do, I'd like to look at what did I think a fourth step was? What were my old ideas, my prejudices? So I looked at the formats that I did as a fourth step. Most of the ones I did were an autobiography. I remember doing one in five-year increments. I'd write about zero to five years old, six to 10 years old, 11 to 15 years old. There were many formats where I just answered questions, whether it was 75 questions, 100 questions, 200 questions, because in my mind, the more questions I answered, the better fourth step I was doing. But I have to, what, what was the object? You know, we talk about on the prior page, one object um, is, to, is to discover damaged or unfailable goods and to get rid of them promptly and without regret. Well, I have to tell you, my object when I did those type of fourth steps was I was just trying to figure it out. You know, I was trying to assign blame. I was trying to justify my resentment. And I really, really was trying to get my sponsor on my side because I wanted my sponsor to hate these people as much as I did. So it's, when it says get rid of promptly without regret, what were the results when I did formats like that? I, I only reinforced my fears. I reinforced my resentments, and I reinforced my sex conduct. So it's warning us here, if I conclude that others were wrong, most ever got, my, my personal experience and what the big book is telling us is that it's infinitely grave, it's fatal, we die. I am going to eat again if all I do is stay in those first three columns. So what they're trying to do now in this page and a half before we get to that, in my mind, that magical fourth column, is let's find out what happens if we stay here. And let's try to soften, let's try to look at something from an entirely different angle so that our heart can change so we can now look at that fourth column. But it's essential I understand what are the consequences if I stay in this, in this third column. And the consequences are it's infinitely grave, it's fatal, I will die, and it is poison. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. And next we have Janice M. Good morning. Well, good morning to you. Let me just, somebody's calling me at this time. And, okay. Uh, <laughs> good morning, Santa. I'm sorry. This is Janice M. And I'm a grateful recovered compulsive overeater. Oh, boy. You know, I can understand and identify with somebody new that's just doing this. And we constantly, like myself, I don't know about you, but I know what I did. And, you know, I just couldn't see my part because I justified, like it was said, the hurts were real. I mean, they were real. We can't dispute that what, what has happened to us. They probably shouldn't have been doing it or whatever. But I justified it in my mind. Now, when I held it into my mind, I became the victim and it and I replayed it over and over, poor me, poor me, poor me. And, you know, nothing else could come into my mind, nothing, because it was just took up so much space, you know. Um, it, it took up so much space that nothing could come in into my mind because um, I harbored, I, I clung to these resentments. You did this to me, you did this, the blame game. You see, the blame game, and I became the victim. Okay, so now 
um, the the purpose of this is I had no peace. I had no peace with resentments, which are my father, to my mother. I mean, for years, for years what they did. So now, you know, there's a saying, to know peace, K-N-O-W, is to know God, who's my higher power. How can my higher power come into my mind if it's blocked with all those resentments? You know, the sunlight of the spirit doesn't come in in the dark. You know, I mean, if it's dark in my mind, there's no peace. So when there's no higher power, there's no peace. And oh, no, okay. And then to know God is to know God, no peace. Um, so therefore, this is what this is the purpose, because I lack power from my mind to live. And if I don't have that power come into my mind, I die, because I'm going to eat for the comfort. That's what I did anyway, because he did this to me, and I'm drinking the poison, hoping that they will die. You know, you heard that. Um, And that's what I did, you know, always retaliating, always wishing them dead. And I'm the one that's that's, uh, grieving and doing things in my life that I had no direction to because I was so concentrating on that, clinging to that resentment. So in order to refill and to get some new ideas in, I had to do this this process and then my God came into my mind and I became free because I have a choice I have a choice today do I want to keep feeling like this or do I not want to and you know I didn't want to because I knew I was going to die uh, literally and with that I pass thanks and thank you Janice M Reva P good morning Good morning. It's Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. When I first came into program, and thank you, God, I did the columns when I did my first step four, I thought this was fantastic because when I'm in the first three columns, I get to blame everybody and everything. Um, And I thought the purpose of this was to get my sponsor on my side so she could agree about how wrong everybody was. And that's why, um, as somebody shared, it's it's really dangerous to stay in these first three columns too long or to make them too long um, because the whole purpose is to turn and move um, towards that fourth column. But I love what it says in the um, AA 12 and 12 because why is anger so dangerous for me? You know, my husband is a normal eater. He can have like one cookie and then he doesn't think about cookies anymore. He can indulge in anger, and then he's not angry anymore. But with me, even justified, especially justified anger, I go over and over and over, and then what do I do? I'm so uncomfortable, I'm so restless, irritable, discontent, so refeeling the anger that I need comfort. And what I will do if I don't work the steps is I will pick up the food. So it says in the 12 and 12, um, alcoholics especially should be able to see, and this is what I'm doing in this step, that instinct run wild in themselves is the underlying cause of their destructive drinking. I eat myself to death because I can't stand being so angry. I just can't stand it. Um, So... The, the savior for me is to start turning to the fourth column, which we're going to get to, and then it says in the 12 and 12, it never occurred to me 
that I needed to change myself and my thinking to meet conditions, whatever they were. Because as it says here, when I stay in the anger, I am constantly fighting and trying to make people be and do the way I want them so that I can be at peace and I'm miserable. Um, and if I can change my thinking and change myself, um, that's the only thing I really have any um, ability to change. I can change my whole perception and my whole life. Um, so I am so grateful for the step. They're so brilliant to let me first blame everybody and then to move quickly to that fourth column. With that, I pass. And thank you, Reva P. Good morning, Larry K. Larry, if you're speaking, we don't hear you. Ah, uh, so sorry, Santa. Good morning. <laughs> How are you? There you go. Okay, thanks so much. Uh, let's see here. Let me set my timer as well. And I will do that. Okay. Yeah, Larry Kay, uh, recovered compulsive overeater uh, from Chicago. So it says, it's plain that a life which includes deep resentment leads only to futility and unhappiness. To the pre precise extent we permit these, do we squander the hours that might have been worthwhile? If I do not believe that a higher power greater than me can and will remove my defects of character, guess what? I'm going to try to remove them myself. And here's the, the problem uh, with that for, for a guy like me. It, it doesn't work. I can't remove them, but, but God can. So I mentioned that because the four-step process is going to enable you to let your higher power into the game, right? When I don't allow God into the deal, I permit resentments by keeping God blocked out. So one of the keys to this process is to make sure we're following the instructions precisely. You know, my suggestion is that you don't go this alone. And I can assure you that there's probably someone on the line who's trying to go it alone, because I certainly did. Not a good idea. We spend some time with someone who's familiar with doing a four-step inventory out of the big book to, to help guide us as we go along. And for now, we're only doing the first three columns of the, 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 the inventory, and, and we stay with, with each of the sections going top to bottom before going on to the next one until all of them are done. Columns, you know, one, two, and then four do not require explanations. You know, they're going to be brief bullet statements to jog my memory about the facts for, because it's going to help me when I do my fifth step, at which time you can go into greater detail. So with step four, the actual process is more important than having a deep understanding of, of the purpose for the step when we do it. So I'm going to get out of the, I'm going to focus in as hard as it is for a guy like me that wants to intellectualize everything and analyze everything at a deeper level. I'm just going to force myself to get into the process. And I can't do that if I'm not, if I'm trying to work it myself. I've got to have someone who's walked down this trail before. And then I'm going to follow the instructions precisely. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. And thank you, Larry Kay. And next we have is Shannon F. Good morning. Good morning. This is Shannon F. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. 
Good morning. Shannon S., our recovered compulsive overeater in New York. Um, and I just want to share that um, myself, like others I've heard on the line and in the program, you know, came into the program thinking, I'm not resentful. I don't have resentment. I'm not an angry person. And um, and then I learned that a resentment isn't necessarily anger. It's it's a refeeling of emotions. It's something that I'm feeling over and over and over again. And once I got that, whew, the resentment started popping up like crazy because I obsessed and I thought about things over and over and over again. Um, I was a master at that. Um, and, you know, and then um, I could identify those. But to think about my part, what are you talking about? You, you think I, you're going to tell me that I have a part in this, especially that I have a part in um, situations where, as a child, I was a helpless victim. You're going to tell me that I have some part in this? No, this is just about blaming other people and um, and getting what I, quote, unquote, need and want from them. And um, what was very interesting is once I did uh, a fourth step, as outlined by a big book, as somebody else shared earlier today, I had done fourth steps um, doing the autobiography and, and doing all these things. But again, it, it neglected the most important part, which was mine. Um, and it was very interesting to me that those individuals who I could identify the, um, the most causes of the resentment, I was able to um, identify where my defects of character were the strongest. So um, it, it was a very, very interesting and unexpected correlation for me. And maybe my part was just that I was hanging on to it and I wasn't willing to let it go. Maybe my part was um, not speaking the truth when the truth should have been told. And maybe it was just harboring that bitterness and unforgiveness um, and not allowing uh, my higher power to come in and... Um, to come in and work in the situation. Whatever it was, though, that was what was keeping me sick. It wasn't what the other people had done or not done. It was what I was doing or not doing. That's what was keeping me sick. And um, I love, love, love that last sentence of that second paragraph, for us to drink is to die. Well, when I hang on to resentments, that's death right there. Um, no, I'm not physically dying, but as soon as I start hanging on to a resentment, as soon as I'm not looking at my part and doing the step work, I have an emotional and a spiritual death immediately. And um, that relapse happens long before I put the food in my mouth. The food is just a symptom, and then there comes, um, you know, the, the physical quote-unquote death wherever that, that is. Um, when I first came into the program, I came in at a healthy weight, um, being that my my primary modes of the disease are um, anorexia and bulimia. I was never so dangerously underweight that um, I, I was near death. However, Thank you. And as soon as I put that food in my mouth, as soon as I hang on to that resentment, it is immediate death. It takes me out of the present moment, and I cannot live, truly live in this world. Thank you so much. Have a great day, everybody. I pass. And thank you, Shannon F. If you're just joining us, we are in the big book on page 65. We just read two paragraphs, beginning with the last paragraph and went through our day. We went back through our lives and comments on both two paragraphs this morning, ending on page 66. With us is to die. So we'll continue our discussion. Who else would like to comment for approximately three minutes? Melinda, Melinda read a piece. 
I think I heard a Melissa. Dorita P. Did I hear Dorita P? Nessa R. Leia M. Leia M. Laura Z. Nessa R. Nessa, I have you. This is who I have. Melissa C. Dorita P. Nessa R. Leia M. Laura Maura Z. And who was the last person that came in? Okay. All right. We'll start with Melissa C. Good morning, Melissa. Hi. Good morning, Sansa. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C. Recovered. Compulsive overeater in New York. Um, you know, so it's clear that the world and its people were often quite wrong. And, um, yeah, this is where I got stuck and where I can get stuck. I, I can remain hung up on identifying um, that they are wrong, you know, and it, for me, it's like, it, it's like an album, you know, with a big scratch in it. And, and it runs that note, <laughs> that scratch runs through everything. So, it, you know, it's like, um, when I looked at, especially when I looked at my inventory, I, it was the same damn story over and over and over again, just recast a different set of characters, you know, different people, same exact story. Um, and so what's the common thread? What's the big scratch that runs through it is me, you know, um, if I stay stuck on they're wrong, they're wrong, they're wrong, they're wrong, um, I'm miserable. You know, I'm living, I am not living in the sunlight of the spirit. And, you know, deep resentment leads to futility, unhappiness, and it will keep me in the dark. Um, I cannot hold on to a resentment and be happy and no peace. Like, those two things, those things don't work um, together. So if I'm unpeaceful and unhappy, I will return to the food. That there, That's a promise. Um and I've done it over and over again, so I know it. Um, you know, my whole life now has to be focused on living in the sunlight of the spirit. Like, my life has to be about um, making and, and, and forging this relationship with my higher power. And I cannot do it while I'm resentful and in the dark. And so, you know, so like... My mom can call me and let me know that my sister had some of my siblings over and not me, you know. And, um, yeah, I cannot get pissed off at that. Like, it doesn't matter if it's wrong, if it goes against the rules of our family. You invite everybody or nobody. Um, that doesn't matter, you know, if I'm wrong or right. It's just not the way I can live anymore, you know. And so does it mean that maybe I appear um, unaware, stupid, weak, naive, that doesn't matter either. Like, I can't afford to worry how I'm being perceived, what it looks like. All I know is I cannot be pissed off. Like, cannot. The life that I was given, the the hand that I was dealt, I'm a compulsive overeater, which means I have two alternatives. Seek the spiritual solution above all else or return to the food. So whenever I'm feeling any resentment, whether it's justified or not, I must work my program so that I get rid of that. Um, thank you. And when I'm rid of that, the food, you know, doesn't matter. I, I'm, I'm happy. I'm peaceful. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. 
Thank you, Melissa C. Good morning, Dorita P. Hi, thank you, Santa. My name is Dorita P. from Cleveland, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And I'm grateful to be here. It's a privilege and honor to be at a meeting of Overeaters Anonymous. Everybody do not get this opportunity for whatever reason, so I'm really grateful I have a seat here. And um, just to conclude that others um, were wrong was as far as most of us ever got. And and that's so true. Um, Before the program, that's all I talked about is the first three columns, you know. Um, People did all of this stuff to me and um, I guess maybe even how it affected me. Uh, And I'm just really grateful for the big book and for its format. Um, And, you know, it doesn't say a fourth column, but, uh, you know, somebody came up with putting um, the information in the next few paragraphs in the fourth column. Um, And that was the most important column for me. Um, Let's see. Um, And then I wanted to comment on um, the part where it says uh, leads only to a life of uh, deep resentment only leads to futility and happiness. And I didn't know what futility was um, before, and but I looked it up just now. And it's pointlessness or uselessness. Um, yeah, and that was my life. I, I, I had no purpose. You know, I was just, for me, really, I was, maybe people didn't think this of me, but I, I felt this of me, that I was just taking up space. And I was very unhappy. Um, I say today I'm the uh, brokest, happiest person that I know. You know, in the past I had a lot of money, but I don't have much money now. And but I'm the happiest as, as I've ever been. Um, so I'm just really grateful for this program. And I'm, like I said, I'm grateful for the big book, and I'm grateful for its format. I got a sponsor. I gave her the format of the fourth step right out of the big book, and. Uh, I guess she's deciding it. She's deciding to do it a different way. You know, um, I like the one speaker talked about. You know how she um, did it like an autobiography and the, and with all the questions. You know, I think it's a format with two hundred and something questions. You know, I'm grateful for the big book that it keeps it simple. You know, four columns for the resentments, real simple. And I'm just really grateful for this program. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. And thank you, Dorita P. And next we have Nessa R. Thank you. Good morning, Vision for You. This is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, You know, step four, made up searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Why, Why am I doing this? Why do I need to do this? You know, i got to remember the purpose, right? In step one, um, I identified my problem as powerlessness. You know, I am powerless over food, and my life is unmanageable. Um, You know, and so what is my solution? My solution up until now has been a power greater than myself. It has been uh, the food. But, you know, in step two, I say I need a power uh, greater than myself that can restore me to sanity. But the problem is I'm blocked from that power. So in step three, I make a decision to do anything I can in order to um, access that power. And that starts in step four. Because the biggest thing that's blocking me from 
from that solution, from accessing that solution, um, now that I have put the food down entirely, is myself. You know, it says a few pages before, you know, our troubles are of our own, our own making. They arise out of ourselves. You know, and, and what in myself causes my problems, it's my perception. It's how I filter reality, how I am so focused on other people and circumstances as the causes for all my difficulties. You know, nothing is my fault. Everything is everybody else's fault. And I cannot see that it is my selfishness that causes my troubles. You know, the fact that, you know, either I didn't get the way, I, I didn't get what I wanted in the past, so I become resentful. I'm not getting what I want in the present, so I become angry. Or I'm afraid I'm not going to get what I, uh, what I want in the future, and I become fearful. And those become the filters through which um, I view everything that happens to me. And actually, it is that that is the key to my well-being. You know, once I identify those filters and I'm able to let go of that selfishness, self-seeking, and dishonesty and fear with God's help, are actually a result of accessing that power, then, you know, my life is going to become much better. You know, I'm not a victim of circumstances the way I, I, I believed to be when I first came into the program. I thought, you know, I, the, the, the world has, has wronged me. If only everybody around me would do what they were supposed to do, my, my life would be better. You know, I wouldn't have to overeat in order to, to cope with whatever was going on in my life if everybody just did what they were supposed to. But now I see that it's, it is my selfishness and my dishonesty and my self-seeking. And unless I, do this, unless I do this work that begins in step four, I'm not going to be able to put my finger on the fact that that is the root of my troubles. And this is why this step is so important because this is going to give me um, the raw material um, to, um, to do the work necessary to unblock myself from God. Um, which is which is what identify my solution to be in step two, and with that I pass. Thank you. And thank you, Nessa R. And next we have Leah M. Thank you very much. You know this step four inventory, this first action step. Um, you know I began to see because it was on paper the real truth for the first time. Um, the kind of personality I had developed through my years um, and my attitudes, ideas, uh, core beliefs, you know, by looking at what I had written down on the paper. You know, it says to conclude that others were wrong was as far as most of us ever got. You know, victimhood gets its power from resentments. And in a lot of the cases, I felt um, as a victim um, resentments contain a great deal of energy. Uh, you know, I could summon up self-righteous indignation, some character assassination, justification to binge my brains out. Um, meanwhile, neglecting to look at the fact that those events <laughs> were, had happened, you know, in the 60s and the 70s, and it was now, you know, the late 80s. Um, so it's hard to be free in 
let's say, 2017, when you're dragging the events of an entire decade of the 70s and 80s with you. So this process allowed me to see my responsibility. It allowed me to start taking a look at my own role in the creation and in the avoiding responsibility. You know, this type of... uh, you know, these type of events gave me a lot of fuel to sit in my car in a dark parking lot as a an adult of 20, 21, 22, and 23 and binge my brains out for hours. So the process that the big book is talking about is designed to point out those character defects that were blocking me from the sunlight of the spirit and to penetrate my unconscious and to get a glimpse of the way I was thinking. And through the help of someone in whom the problem had been solved, who had already gone through this material, I began to realize how many things were percolating in my mind. It was amazing to fill out these columns and to put down all this material and to begin to see that the most important things about myself, how I felt about myself, how safe I felt, how frustrated I felt, ambitions, uh, self-esteem, you know, how I related to others, my personal relations, how I related sexually to others, how fearful I was with being controlled by other people, institutions, abstract concepts. No wonder I wasn't happy, and no wonder I had a lot of fuel uh, to eat. And uh, what an amazing process this was. I pass. Thanks. And thank you, Leah M. And Morrissey, good morning. Shanta, did you call Morrissey? I sure did. I'm sorry, I was unmuting. Thank you for your service. And everyone on Team Monday, thank you for a great meeting. So as others have mentioned, I don't know if I can add anything new, but as others have mentioned, there are several, it's been my experience that there are, I've come across several different formats, several different methodologies for doing a fourth step, including the, you know, 140 questions and the autobiography. Oh, my God, I filled up two spiral-bound notebooks. Um, And the problem with those for me was that those formats allowed me to write out my story and to answer the questions so that I could get you on my side so that you would say, oh, my gosh, more! I can't believe that happened to you. That's so terrible. Oh, my goodness. That's what I wanted, and that's what I thought the fourth step goal was. It kept me repeating and repeating and repeating, as someone said, decades, decades old resentments, you know, and just keep chewing on them, keep chewing on them. And that did two things that are pointed out in this paragraph. One if I stop to think of the many hours of my life and days of my life that were squandered, and Santa, I forgot to time myself. I'm so sorry. If I think about the hours and the days of my life that I squandered, squandered to waste, thinking about, being obsessed about how someone had done me wrong in the third grade, that's a lifetime. And the second thing is that while I was living that kind of life, 
I was blocking, blocking God's light from me. I could not move forward. It wasn't until someone in whom this problem had been solved pointed out to me that there's no more than 19 words to describe the cause of my resentment was I able to see, oh, you don't want to agree with me that I was hurt and I was wronged? No, this is your inventory, not theirs. And when that was pointed out to me, this changed my paradigm completely. I was able to do the work the way it's laid out and freedom came, as we'll see when we get to that fourth column. That was the miracle of the fourth step. And with that, I pass. Thank you. And thank you, Maura Z. And we have three minutes remaining, and my name is Santa. I'm going to take these, these three minutes and comment on what was read. I, too, like this par- I mean, I like this whole section here, this second paragraph we read. is one of my favorite. Every page, every word is highlighted, and many words are circled and underlined. I, me personally, I cannot compare to any other four-step process, so I don't really feel there is no right or wrong way to do a four-step. This is the only process I know, and it's a process that worked for me, and I, I love the four-step. I love the way it's done in the big book. It's like a freedom. It was a freedom ticket for me, and it works. It works for me. And like it says here, deep resentments and when I got to this section, it was so wonderful reading this once, once again, realizing that it reminding me why I need to continue to move forward. Because these deep resentments, like it says, would lead to fertility. There's no results with unhappiness. So it goes back to step one. Step one is where I looked at the fact that I was living in denial. Whatever. That's really what step one is for me. And step two is... I had an opportunity to connect with, with any, sort of, any sort of spiritual resources, and there are infinite number of spiritual resources that I can connect to. And in step, step three, I made a decision. I'm making a decision to begin to, to turn towards that, those resources and connect with them and begin to turn away from my ego and turn towards my infinite, my finite self that's there. And like it says here, you know, harboring such feelings that shadows off from the sunlight of the spirit. And I love that line because the spirit is always around me. It never has always been there. It's just that I turned away from it. I began to rely on my, on my temporary self, my ego, and, and decide that was where I was going to choose to live. But this process has really allowed me to begin to turn towards my authentic self, who I really am, and begin to look at my assets and liabilities and put them down on paper and find out what is working for Santa and what isn't working for Santa. And so I just, I love, 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 I just love the fourth step. I mean, I, I mean, it's to me, it's just a wonderful process. I call it my freedom ticket. And today for me, I, I, I don't even, I just don't like resentments. It's to me, it's just a waste of negative energy. And I can take that energy and, and just turn it over and let it go. And by using the process of step four through nine to, to continue to live happy, joyous, and free. And it's just a wonderful way to live. Thank you all for allowing me to do service and allowing me the opportunity to share. 
And so now we come to the conclusion of our study. And thank you to everyone who has shared. Please join us for the second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Monday, July 10th, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 10134. Again, that share ID is 10134. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Allison L. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Keep you until then. Yes, thank you. I'd love to. This is Allison L., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Ohio. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who's still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.